Hello everybody, it's Gary Stuckey with Real Music. On today's show, I've got the legendary country singer, songwriter, Lacey J. Dalton, talking about a brand new single she's got coming out tomorrow called Devil by a Different Name. And you need to check it out and really pay attention to the words and understand the shape we're in today and how we need to come together and uh, be peaceful and loving and uh, the words are deep. And uh, she's a great lady. Uh, we had a great chat talking about her career. And uh, she said some really nice things to me, and I appreciate it. But uh, here she is. Here's Lacey J. Dalton. Hello, hello. Hi, Gary. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Not too shabby. Where I'm are you? Up. Where are you, Gary? Well, I'm in a town You look called... like you're in Florida. <laughs> well, close. Very close. I'm South Alabama. Oh, and, uh, okay. In Bruton, Alabama, the home of William Lee Golden. You ever worked with William Lee? <laughs> I just saw <laughs> William Lee. We were just mm. together. Uh, we were back there doing the Josie Awards last year, about right about this time. He's so wonderful. What a what a sweet person. I, he is. Just, he's always been so kind to me. The really? Oakridge Boys were the first people I ever toured with, and he oh, was wow. always. He's always just really kind to me. Awesome. Yeah, nice guy. You know, and you got to respect the guy. You know, been around all these years, and his voice is really prominent. You know, when you're talking to him, you're like, I got to take this guy seriously because it's like <laughs> he, he just looks like he should be powerful, you know? <laughs> he is powerful. And you know what? He's also not small. <laughs> he looks huge to me. I'm, <laughs> I'm less than five feet tall. Oh, wow. I, I did. I used to be five foot, almost five foot two. Now I am four foot nothing. I don't know what I am, but <laughs> sadly, <laughs> as we as we mature, we sometimes lose uh, height. That's, which it I happens. didn't have anything to lose. <laughs> Stay out of the sun, you know. You shrink. It's like a, you know a raisin or something. Hey, but uh, but it's good to know. You know, everybody looks up to William Lee because he's so tall. That's what they literally look up to him. <laughs> Well, he's also okay. got a beautiful soul. Oh man, you know it's just something about you know him and uh, and and honestly, I mean Bruton here. You know Hank Lachlan was here too, so you got two legends. Uh, you know William Lee and and Hank Lachlan, and uh, you know I, just a lot of great talented people that you know come from this area, which the South is full of great people. You know, but you know when you doing interviews like this you get to find out about you know people and and really realize that these are some decent and nice people like you you know that and that's why i love doing these uh interviews and, and studying biographies because you find out more about the person they're not just a singer and entertainer this is a real person that has all these struggles and but stories and and just still around after after all these years and it's so cool <laughs> Right. It's still crazy. It's still crazy. Yeah. I read your bio and I thought, this is the guy. I need this guy. <laughs> he can play everything. He can, oh, yeah. he can announce the show. He can. I mean, you started. I, I, I admire you guys who start like when you're like eight years old, being in radio and stuff and playing guitar. I bet you play great. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, you, you're, uh, you're flattering me. Um, I, um you know, don't usually, when I'm talking to different people, you know, you don't really say, Hey, by the way, I play, I play seven instruments and I write songs. 
Just in case I saw that. <laughs> I noticed that. <laughs> but you know, it is, you know, like I said, not to talk about me or anything, but and I just I know I was talking to BJ Thomas and he uh saw some of my songs online. He saw on Instagram, he was following me on Instagram, and I was shocked. He just goes, uh I like your songs. I've been checking them out and I appreciate your songs. You're a great songwriter. I'm going to need you to write some, you know, and he died before he had a chance. And I was like, Oh, but just knowing that he appreciated me. See, I, I always appreciate everybody. Like I interview people for years. I, I admire, uh, you know, singer songwriters and, and people like that. But for somebody like that to say they appreciated something I'd done, I was, I was just, I about broke down when I was talking to him. So I do appreciate you saying that, uh, you know, um, because it's just, it means a lot. I mean, when people that you know that are very talented and they mention you, it, it just means like you can't replace that. You know, money can't buy that. Gold doesn't mean anything. That means everything. And I appreciate that. I, I you know, I am, I, I'm the same way. Uh, you know, it, I think we all are. It's like yeah. when someone notices that, wow, you wrote that song, <laughs> you know. It, it's a really good feeling. It's like, yeah, I wrote that song. I mean, well, as as much as any of us write anything, I think we kind of are, we are kind of channels for sure. what comes through. And, and as long as we stay out of the way enough, I think sometimes we get some really good stuff. I agree. I, um, been listening to your new songs coming out, what, tomorrow? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think and it's, it's a uh, devil by a different name. You know, I've been listening to that song and I was thinking it's got a traditional sound. It kind of reminds me of, like Johnny Cash kind of a uh, style, you know, but the old style, you know, and I was thinking, but the way you sing it, you've been compared to Bonnie Raitt. And I'm thinking, I, I can hear that. I can hear that strong voice and that style, you know, and I, I love it. I mean, I, but this song, tell me about this song, and what you're trying to say in this song. What what I'm trying to say is we need to look at ourselves because, uh, you know, a lot of us call ourselves Christians or spiritual people, and we end up judging other people all the time and othering everybody. And anybody who's a little different, we decide that they're less than. And that's a mistake. And we need and I have to work. This song isn't just for other people. It's a song to, for me to sing and hear myself. Right. Because it's a very, I think it's very hard being a human being not to judge other people, you know, for the color of their skin or their preferences in life or their politics. The first verse of this song goes, uh, call me left wing. Well, the second verse goes, call me left wing, call me right. We are split right down the middle in this fight and divided we fall. That rule don't change. It's just a devil by a different name, boys, a devil by a different name. We need, if we're going to say we're spiritual people and we have good hearts and good souls, and even particularly if we're saying we're Christians, we can't be doing this stuff we're doing and judging and hating each other. That is not, we are not walking that talk. That is not what we uh, propose to be or purport to be. We, um, And what I'm saying in this song is look at what we're doing. Look at this. Call me imam, call me priest. We are brothers separated by belief, but a loveless faith is a ball and chain. It's just a devil by a different name, boys. The devil by a different name. And there's a price to pay for this. There's a terrible price to pay. 
the people can't people can't even go to Thanksgiving dinner with their families anymore because political beliefs have split them right down the middle so they can't even talk to each other. That's not how it and I don't believe it's always been that way. I think with some people it probably has. But we need to get beyond that. We need to be able to build bridges and walk talk across the divide. We need to build bridges across that divide and hear what the other side is saying. At least hear it. We don't have to agree with it. We don't always have to agree. We can agree to disagree. I'm also I'm almost finished with a song called, it's a tongue-in-cheek song called Everybody Loves to Hate. And I'm not excluding myself from that. Right. You know, there's a lot of stuff that just it just makes me furious. But but we that's not the right way to be. You don't you don't need to be hating all the time. Does that make you feel good? No. It just right. makes you feel angry. And I, that is a kind of energy and a kind of power. That's not the kind of power you want to have. You want to have sure. that quiet power. You want to have the power that comes from inside us and outside us and that is in, in all that is. And part of the verse of this, the bridge in this song says, there's a still small voice that whispers deep inside us. Listen close and you might hear it say, there's a light still out here shining in the darkness. It'll be here when you find you've lost your way. So no matter how hateful we get and how completely polarized we get to each other there is always a way back there's always a way back if we remember to come back to to what's really important which is feeling good having our conscience that part of us that's all in every single one of us and sure. is the same in all of us the spirit is in all of us and the spirit is the same in all of us and all it is and we're here to remember that. We're here on this earth. That's the only game in town, really. That's yeah, true. Everything else, chasing after. The first verse of the song goes, call me whiskey, call me wine, call me cocaine or code nine, call me power, call me fame. That's just the devil by a different name, boys. The devil by a different name. You chase after that dollar. You chase after that personal power. You chase after that stuff. And sure, drugs and alcohol are just a dead end. Um, you know, you, uh, you're not going to be the person you'll be half the man you wanted to be by the time you're 40 years old, you know, right. you'll be half of who you want to be. If you want to be a whole person, you have to, you have to get beyond all that divisiveness, all that dividing right. and that othering of other people of different colors and different sexual preferences. And none of that matters. All That's right. not what Christ taught. Christ right. taught. Love God with all your heart, mind, and spirit. Love yourself, which is the challenge. And love your neighbor as yourself. And he said that is the whole of the law. That's right. That, that And all the other laws of life are based upon it. And that's what I came to teach. If you're calling yourself a Christian, you're not walking that talk, and none of us do. I mean, hardly anybody, you know. I don't, you know, I know I don't. I know I have to be watching 24-7. I have to watch myself 24-7. Sure. Yeah, we're not made to be perfect. There's only one perfect. But you, you know, and you said it in the song. I think you said something in the song that a lot of people overlook about being a light in darkness. You know, in, a, in order to be a light, you have to go to darkness. You have to be surrounded by darkness. You can't be a light in light. 
because it cancels out, right? But if you go into where the dark is, but the only way to show people light in darkness is be light. You can't be the same thing that you're pointing a finger at. You're saying this is wrong, but if you're dark too, you're not helping them at all. But you're right, though. I, I thought about that and, you know, the devil in a di yeah, different name. That that's a you know this might be wrong, but you don't point that out. You you focus on the main thing, the obvious thing, whether it's a person's like you said a, a sexual preference or something. You might not agree with it, but if you make that the worst thing ever and the and the main thing about them, then you just dislike. You need to change that. Well, what about the things that you need to change? Maybe that <laughs> beam in the eye is blinding you from. That's what I'm saying. A lot of people don't. They just focus on oh this person is this. And you need to change that, man. We need to change ourselves. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a, that's the thing. I, I remember somebody saying to me, if you're pointing your finger at somebody in a negative way, you really need to turn that finger back. Right there. Get yourself right here. Because right. we are all so, we are all so flawed and a lot of us are so damaged. But oh, yeah. it would it doesn't make us better to make someone else less than. That right. doesn't make us better. That just makes us judgmental. And, and Bill, I'm so superior because I don't do that. Well, you know, you got to watch that stuff. And, I, you know, I, I these songs that I'm writing for the, the project is called For the Black Sheep. And these songs that I'm writing are always aimed at myself first. You know, hey, don't be pointing the finger without listening to what you're singing. Right. And it's a struggle for me, I, you know, uh, every day, every single day, you know, uh, to to walk the talk that I I believe that I want the person I want to be is, um, you know, is it's a good goal to have a the person that you want to be not be hateful and not be uh, divisive and not be othering people and not be prejudiced and not be putting anybody down. That doesn't make you bigger. Right. That kind of activity makes you smaller. You right. think you're big because you're so full of hate and you're going to do this and you're going to be tough and do that. You know what? That makes you smaller. Yeah. Really, really big spirits say things like, Father, forgive them. They know yeah. what they do. Exactly. Always having compassion and understanding because everybody's been in a spot where they had a hard time and if you look at the other person and you realize that's a flawed person that needs help, if you look at them that way, if you look at them like your family, that was your brother or sister, and they really are, you'd go, I need to help them out. And then if suddenly you became that person and you looked in the mirror, what would you do with yourself? How would you condemn yourself if you were in the same shoes and you had the same life that they lived? What would you do? And people don't look at it like that. They don't think, well, I would do this. Nah. I don't think so, pal. You need to figure out exactly what makes them the way they are. And, and if you think they got something wrong, maybe offer to help them somehow in the, the best way you can. But don't judge them and think anything evil toward them, you know. But that, but just but song like that, though, gets you thinking. I love songs like that because I think people recently have been on a roll with these kind of songs because there's been a lot of positive songs that deal with people doing, you know, 
helping each other out, loving one another. Man, that that needs to be like contagious, right? We well, I think there is a contagion happening. I was uh, so thrilled, you know, to hear songs like, you know, if you got a dream, chase it because your dream won't chase you back. You know, and love somebody as hard and as much and as powerfully as you can until you can't. That's a pretty that's pretty good messaging. And and when you're going through hell, keep going. There is a, let's make it. I hope it is. A, I hope it's like COVID. I hope it, it just catches on and everybody gets it, you know, uh, because we this world is not a child anymore. And in the thousands of years we've been on this planet, we have never learned to get along. Never. And you know what? It's time. It's time to get over all this crap and try yeah. to hear what the other side, whatever that is to you, is trying to say to you. Right. You, you know, and, and generally it's, hey, we don't feel like we're being heard. Right. We don't feel like anybody's listening. We don't feel like anybody cares. You know, a lot of times it's, it's that is um, that is kind of the message. Um. And I think that there are a lot of songs that are coming out like that, and some of them are better than others. And um, and I'm putting out this record called uh, For the Black Sheep, with, and we just got a nice uh, distribution and promotion deal with Time Life um, uh, Star Vista to help us with this project. So we're going to... Ha- we're going to have some help. I've been an independent artist for 20 years and, you know, doing it all by myself, which means most people think I'm dead. So oh. <laughs> we had a, have a funny story to tell you. We okay. had my manager, Leslie, I have the greatest manager in the world, Leslie Adams. And we were going to go back to be inducted into the International Hall of Fame. And I said, well, I, I need a T-shirt that says not dead yet. Because everybody thinks I'm dead. They even announced in Japan a couple times that I did. I was dead. Jeez. Uh, yeah. So we had this not dead T-shirt made. My my assistant back there, who was um, she took care of Dolly Parton's business and her everything for years and years and years. Her name was Ira Parker, and she came to help me with that show that we were doing where we we're going to be inducted. And she just had a cow. She said, "You cannot wear that." t-shirt these people are trying to honor you and you are being why can't you ever just be normal (laughs) so i didn't wear the t-shirt but i wore it all over you know for all the parties and stuff and um david frizzell saw it i don't know if you know david you know we're going on a higher wino and you know you're the reason god made oklahoma he's my dear brother and good friend great great guy he he saw the not dead t-shirt and he just had to have he just had to have that not dead t-shirt. So my manager, Leslie, had one made for him. And we had a picture taken. He and I and him and his not dead yet t-shirt. I didn't have mine on. Well, oh, I, oh was that what it was? Leslie's here to correct me because I have, she is my, I now have an a, a auxiliary brain. At this age, one needs an auxiliary brain. Yes, No, that's not true. Apparently, I had the not dead t-shirt on and David didn't. But anyway, we had all these hundreds of hits on our, our Facebooks and stuff. And not one person said anything about David or me. Everybody just wanted the not dead yet t-shirt. Yeah, that's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, or they, whatever, whoever they are, they're not dead, but yeah. we need that t-shirt. Of course. It was funny. It, it's, it's especially funny because David has a, um, David, <laughs> Leslie showing me the picture. 
that that we She's got to keep you right. I mean, we've cracked that, us up. <laughs> that's, like, that's a cool story. I well, I know you're talking about uh, David and all the people you've worked with. A lot of people over the years, uh, so many probably to name. Uh, when you first started, was there a person that kind of showed you the ropes, or maybe took you under their wing that you'll remember that said? that person really helped me out when I first started. Do you, can you remember that? Well, almost every act that I traveled with, but I remember especially Bobby Bear. We traveled with the great outlaw, Bobby Bear, and he had a bus and he was traveling and we had this old rickety <laughs> RV that was shaking itself apart. We shook apart probably six of those things when I was first starting because I couldn't afford a bus. And so we'd pull into a, a place where we'd uh, go and they'd have this spread put out for Bobby and the band. Beautiful home-cooked food that people would make and these trays with meat and cheese and everything. And I remember, and I remember I've never had a bus at this time, but Bobby does. And uh, he goes, Lacey, you and the boys, you go in there and you eat that food because we got the bus. We got the bus. And so we would, and he knew we didn't have any money. And we, so he, he'd let us go in and, and have first crack at, at all this wonderful food. And he always did that every single time. And I didn't know until later, uh, when you, if you have a bus like Willie Nelson's, you probably never want to get off. But with the rest of us, our buses are just buses. And right. when you come into a place, the first thing you want to do is get off the bus and get some real food. <laughs> and I didn't know until years later how kind Bobby and his band had been to me in those very first years when I didn't have a, a penny, you know? So yes, that was, and I've, I've traveled, I I've had the opportunity because I was signed as an outlaw artist to uh, do something that a lot of us girls didn't get to do, which was travel with people, the likes of Willie Nelson for long periods of time and Merle Haggard and Hank Jr. for a, a year. And that was the best I'll tell you what, he had the best stage of just about anybody I've ever worked with. He had a guy, we called him Captain Kirk. His last name was Kirk. And he had this huge board. And the sound, if you did a bad show on Hank Jr.'s stage, it was your fault. It was not, you had a guitar tech. The minute your guitar was out of tune, the guitar tech ran out, grabbed that guitar and gave you a, a guitar that was in tune. Without You didn't even notice he was there. Hank ran a very tight ship and uh kirk and and that crew uh i got the job because uh people the other bands couldn't get along with the crew the crews hated them hated the other bands that were opening for hank and so i got to open for hank for a long long time about a year and a half and we went all over the place in these big stadiums and stuff like that and uh, it was a very very successful tour and he actually gave me a gold record for it for support tour support but um, and I know that, you know, he's right down there in your country. You know, that is sure. It. I was just thinking there's a guy named Lamar Morris up from up in uh, Op, Alabama, that played guitar for uh, Hank that I've met. That was a friend of a friend of my friend played drums. I mean, my friend plays drums, but he played guitar for Hank Jr. Back then, I don't know I if I don't know if I knew him by that name. Yeah, I, but the band, his I, band was wonderful to us. I mean, they were so good. At one point, I a guitar was stolen from me on that tour. And Hank's crew, and I think the band, put money together and bought me a new guitar. 
it was oh. uh it was uh i was treated just like gold you know it was uh some of these outlaws uh you know willie and merle and f- people like that uh my favorite tour was where i went to europe uh with um uh it was with bobby bear and johnny cash the man in black hoyt axton and my favorite singer songwriter ever in all time is chris christopherson oh yeah and i, I got that. to i got to meet him and play some of my songs for him and it, i had a song called adios and run and i played it for chris and his wife at the time and chris just he they were there were tears in their eyes and they, he, he said you know i and now this is from you know my god of gods as far as songwriting is concerned he said i and i don't think he meant this in any kind of sexist way but he said i, I didn't know a woman could write like that <laughs> and it was i didn't take it in any way except that it was a compliment because i often write oddly from a male point of view i right. often do that um i find that i do that and i don't know why that is um but but the song that i played for him was the song called adios and run and it's kind of a it's kind of a poncho and lefty kind of thing yeah, yeah uh chris christopherson i did a video uh, about when he showed up uh, for Sinead O'Connor, you know, when she was on Saturday Night Live and he showed up at, at a concert and they were booing her and he's like encouraging her and things like that. And that video just really took off. That really kind of, it kind of shows you what people think of Chris Christopherson, not just as a songwriter, but as a person. You know, that's what I was telling you about knowing the people. When you find out these stories and you find out how great these people are. So when they say positive things to you, you go, yeah, talking about making people even bigger than they are. When when somebody like say Chris Christopherson, if they were to compliment you, you and you know their background, you're thinking, yeah, that's, that makes them look even bigger when you're when you're talented and you're helping people. But yeah, what a what a great songwriter. But it you've was been- oh, he was. I mean, he is just the greatest. Uh, I his songs have changed my life twice, twice, literally changed my life. You know, and I just hope if, you know, when I do, uh, there's a song he wrote called The Heart. The heart is all that matters in the end. And I had a relatively minor, it was a little bit to seven or something uh, on the charts long after I, I hadn't, uh, I'd not recorded for like three or four years. And I got a new record deal and we put out that song, The Heart. And it was one of the first things we put out, but I still sing it to this day. Because the message of that song, if you need an attitude adjustment, it will give you one in a second. And I did, and it worked. It did that for me. So when I sing that song, I think if this does for any person on earth what it did for me the first time I heard it, then I will have done my job on this stage. And I think go. that's why we a lot of us do this. You know, songwriters, as you know, as yourself, they're pretty spiritual people. They're pretty sensitive in you know, introspective um, and loving people. I loved, I had this um, summer, I had the chance to host a songwriting um, sort of a a song pull out at the Music Ranch, Montana in the Paradise Valley near Livingston, Montana. And it was an incredible experience. It was just, I had some of of the most wonderful 
Uh, we have Bobby Tomberlin in there, and I'll bet you know who he is. Mm-hmm. And he he started when you guys must have been about the same age when you started. Um, you started playing guitar, and he was on the radio when I think he was eight years old. But he was there with us, and we uh, Tom Schuyler uh, sat in, and we had David uh, David Frizzell came down and did the show with me and he played his he's got a new song that i've been bugging him to finish for a long time and i said if you don't finish this song by the time you come out for this songwriter showcase you know you do not have a hair in a certain place and so his (laughs) song is called his song is called ain't no future grown old (laughs) he used to say that to us i said if you don't write that song you've got to write the song so he's written the song it's now written. No awesome. future, grown old. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the truth. That's the truth. Wow. <laughs> that's. I mean, you know, isn't it fun though to to cut up with people that you've known for a long time and and through the years, uh, those experiences. I'm sure you've had all kinds of experiences, especially like if you went, you, you go to the Grand Ole Opry or something, and you see all these people, uh. And there's memories, right? There's, there's there's like memories everywhere. Do you have that moment when you walk into a place like that and just you're like, man, you know, all those do the memories come back to you? It's more of a feeling of all those spirits that have been on that stage uh, are still kind of there. Uh, we went back last uh, September. Uh, October, I'm sorry, to do the 40th anniversary of my song, 16th Avenue. And I hadn't been on the opera stage in years and years because I live way out west and I hardly ever even get back to Nashville or to the east, not very often. And um, so I walked out on that stage and within five minutes, those technicians had us sounding so perfect. I don't know if I've ever worked with a with a technicians like they have on the Grand Ole Opry. And it was just magical. It was just magical. And the people were, uh, that song was was such a wonderful song too. I'm so glad I got to be the one to sing that song. But um, singing it there with perfect sound and perfect lights and everything. And you kind of feel the heritage of all those who've gone before you. There's a kind of a magic there. And yes, I do feel that. Yeah, I saw you singing that song, Sixteenth Avenue, on a video on you one did? of. The, yeah, and you were. Uh, it was one of the. I can't. What's the name of the show where all the legends show up and you sing a song? I can't remember. Uh, but you're singing that song, was it and they're the all CMA or. It was something where was it I recent? Was, it was. It may have been within the past four or five years. I think country but road. I, I think that might have been it, but uh, y'all were just... y'all were sitting around and you're looking at all these legends, which of course you're one of them. And oh, country y'all... family reunion. That's yeah, okay. yeah, that's it, that's it. And you're yeah. singing that song, and they're soaking it in. And I'm thinking, well, of course they are, because that's what that song's about, right? Isn't that song about uh, Nashville? It's about going to Nashville you know tip with your songs and your guitar in your hand or your, your drums or whatever and going down there and you know going door to door and and seeing if you can get a record deal and and it it, it it's the story of a lot of people's lives and it was it became an anthem for the songwriters um down in uh, in nashville and bobby tomberlin told me that every time they have a, a nashville songwriters 
a meeting that they play my version of that song. Wow. And I think still to this wow. day, which is really touching because um, it, it's not easy. There's so many people and I, it's the business is very hard now because they'll take in a young person and they give them, you know, uh, they might have a hit or two. If that second album doesn't work, they've already stuck them with a tour bus and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of the debt. And they send them back to some little town in Ohio or Indiana or Pennsylvania like me. And, you know, how you recover from that uh, has got to be it's got to be really hard for people. And it's yeah. not I think sometimes it's not how good you are or how great your songwriting is or anything. Sometimes it's just the luck of the draw and who, you know. Who puts okay. you in touch with whom? You know, um, I I was very surprised to get my country career. I was because I was you know I <laughs> I was playing like psychedelic rock and roll in the seventies and <laughs> and um, blues and and folk music. I, I right. played folk music for many years before I got my record deal. Um, but it came because I sent a record that I made in a little garage in Santa Cruz to a lawyer. A, a rather famous criminal attorney who was a friend of mine in LA and he didn't even I had changed my name I'd gotten married so he didn't even know whose record it was and he stuck it in a in a in a bookcase and one morning when he was shaving he was listening to it he goes oh I know who that is you know um and so he called me and he said I'm coming up to get you in my airplane I've got a jet I'm coming up to get you we're going to bring you down here to LA and we're going to make a we're going to make a record and it's going to be country music. Okay. Country. You got to sing country. And I thought, well, that's easy enough. I grew up, my family sang country. My mom and dad and sister all sang country. I grew up a steeped in it. You know, I should be able to do that. And I had a song that called crazy blue eyes that I wrote with my longest friend, Mary McFadden. I can't even tell you how many years we've been friends since we were seven. Wow. So, yeah. We've been friends a good long time. But anyway, that song was magic, and we sent it. We did a demo of it, a great demo with Billy Walker and a bunch of really great players in in um, L.A. And we were offered uh, record deals with every record company in Nashville on the strength of that song. And the wow. rest is history. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you know, you were talking about the hopes of these artists, like, and the song says. And I know it's changed over the years, like you you just mentioned. But that dream and that hope is still there. You know, that's when I do interviews with a lot of the up and coming artists, because I think about me and I think about what I would like to do, but also think about what their dreams are. And ain't it great to be a person to help somebody's dreams come true in whatever shape or form, little bit that you might add to it? It makes me feel good. So that's what's the people that have helped you, you always remember that the ones that you talked about earlier, you know, like Bobby bear, he might not think, you know, he might not have thought anything about it back then, but it changes people, you know, one little act of kindness and helps somebody. And it goes a long way. But I, I think that that might be, instead of people focusing on money, I think that's what the difference is right back in the day when you were younger, that they probably cared more about the artist than, money right well i think it, it's just it's just gotten so expensive um mm -hmm. to be an artist you know to um to promote on all the 
ways that we promote things now. And to um, put a band out on the road, I mean, airplane flights, you, the yeah. thing you don't think about with a touring band, and which is why I tour with the duo and trio almost exclusively now, because I can afford to do it as an independent artist. But um, you're you're paying for that the um, airplane flights, you're paying for the ground transportation, you're paying for their meals, you know, because they're away from home, you're yeah. paying for their salaries, and you're paying... Um, uh, to um, just get from here to there and paying managers and business managers and accountants and so on. It's the overhead is huge. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know that um, I think it, you have a lot better chance in the music business. Now, if you go in there with a hundred or $200,000 of somebody's money behind you. Um, and I'm sure there still are people who come in with nothing. Like I did. I had nothing. I didn't have a penny. I didn't have two pennies to rub together. But I and I've had a very long and rich uh, experience playing music, and I'm very grateful to all the people who've been good to me and are still being good to me. I don't know how my poor manager puts up with me. <laughs> the best, most patient manager in the world, and some of the folks uh, that are around me now, publicists and some of the good people uh, at Time Life. I, I had to laugh at Time Life because they wanted to sign me to uh, distribution and promotion deal. And I said to them, I, and they said, and we want to promote your new single. I said, well, well, sir. I said, have you heard the new single? And they said, no. And I said, oh, wow. well, before we sign anything, you need to hear this single because there are things in this single that some people may find controversial. And I need to know whether this works for you or not. And so I sat on pins and needles for a day or two, and then I got the word back that they absolutely loved it. Oh, the wow. single. So I was pleased. And we sure appreciate uh, being on your show and talking about this new single. Um, my, my hope for this single is that it gets us thinking about building some bridges, coming together, listening to what the other side has to say, whatever that other side is trying to understand that othering people who are different than ourselves it's not our business that's right. god's business that's not that's our business our business pay attention to our own plate there's enough on that plate for us for any one of us to pay attention to uh 24 7 uh, you know always so before we're pointing that finger out there remember it's right there <laughs> yeah. um well hey you know you, you said you were reading my bio about when I was younger. Well, you know, when I was when I was about that age, when I started playing guitar, my dad was a DJ. He was a DJ at like a rock station. But then he went to a country radio station and he 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 had your single in early 80s. And I would listen. I remember and I would help him play the records. But even back then, uh, during the probably 1984, something like that, 85. And, uh, yeah, I can still remember. That's why, uh, you know, when I was setting up this interview, I was thinking, yep, I remember. But my dad played your records back oh, in the wow. day. So here I, I am. I say thank you. To, how do I say, is your dad still with us? He's still with us. And well, would you tell him I said thank you and hello? I sure, I sure will. Yeah, because I was telling him about interviewing you. I always tell him about, like, I was, I talked to Felix Cavallari uh last week you know the rascals and he's a big fan and, and he was like tell your dad tell your pop 
that I, you know and i was like yeah then my dad he gets a big kick out of, of stuff like this so that and th- he's the reason why i do this because he was a dj he he showed me how to play guitar and write songs so that's why i do it but yeah it's it's a big deal but uh but talking what's to people his like name? what's his, his name? name his name is tommy well Stucky. tommy uh this is from me to you here is the biggest thank you in the world thank you forever and you did a good job with the kid hey <laughs> I have to. I'll, I'll mail you a check. It, it might bounce. But I'll, uh, I'll be expecting that. <laughs> well, I, I know you. Uh, you're you're going to be busy. I won't keep you too long. But I I do appreciate you talking to me about this great song. It really it's a great song, and it you know and that's that's the thing about it. It's a great song, great singer, uh, and it means something to people. It it touches your heart if you'll let it if you'll if people will open up their ears and pay attention this will change their life and you you did a great job with this song you just gave me an idea for another song okay do i get credit yeah it it touches your heart i don't know how to put this together but it touches your heart if you'll let it if you'll let it that's really that's really important that's really important to let in the light. You know, you can't let in the light if you're not willing to, you know, pull the blind or push back the curtain. You right. can't let the light in. If you want to just stay in the dark, you can't let the light in. You have to let it in. Allow it in. That, and that's that, a nice thought. That's Hold on to that thought. Hey, I, I, you know, I appreciate you uh, noticing my, my, uh, my thoughts and my you know, I, I say some some interesting things every now and then. You know, ho- hopefully people remember the good ones, not the bad ones that slip out. But uh, well, but, no, yeah, they, I think that no, not the bad ones. I do. you should hear me on a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> things turn blue. Um. So, what kind of shows have you got lined up? Are you going to be? Uh, I mean, I know you're promoting the song. So, what you got going on with that? Well, we're all over the place. We're um. We're go- just going out, you know, I have a foundation for wild horses to preserve and protect wild horses. And we're going out uh, tomorrow. Actually, we're leaving uh, Saturday night. We're playing the Equus Film Festival in um, Westcliff, Colorado, which is a little beautiful town uh, up in the mountains. And it's fall now. And I'll bet oh. it's just going to be beautiful out there. Really looking forward to it. And then we're coming back to California on the 22nd of October. We're playing in a little village called Georgetown in this incredible little music box of a place. It's the kind of place you just love to play because it's real. It's old. It's probably a couple hundred years old. And oh, wow. the in Hart Redwood, it, it almost feels like you're in a church. It's that kind of a little place. And I, I really love playing there. So I'm looking forward to going back there. Uh, Georgetown, California. And then uh, October 28th, we're heading out uh, to the west. We're going, uh, well, east of me, but the Wild West in Cody, Montana to the Colonel venue. And then we're playing Jimmy's Roadhouse up in Red Lodge, Montana. And then we're playing a private party at my friend Scott's place in Gray Bull, Wyoming. And then we're playing the Outlaw Saloon in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and the Wild Theater in Sheridan, Wyoming. And then we're coming back to California, and then we have a whole bunch of Christmas shows right around uh, where I live, in up in the mountains above Reno, near the old oh. town of Virginia City. Oh wow, that's going to be awesome! 
<laughs> it's it's yeah. going to be great and i'm still writing i'm still in the middle of writing uh for the black sheep which is the project that this song is the probably the third song i've written uh for this project i've written about five songs for it and i'm just finishing them now uh getting ready to put the second one out um in uh, the end of october awesome that and so that's on a that's on a project now but that's not your album it's on like a no, project it's, it's my no it's my project it's, your, called, it is your, it's called for the it, for people like you me it's called for the black sheep my people black sheep of the family yeah <laughs> I totally understand totally understand the weird ones that everybody <laughs> <laughs> that everybody talks I used to about. say I used to say on my promos a little bit country a little bit UFO <laughs> I like that I like that I uh and also you need to promote that not dead I'm not dead sure I think you know my Twitter. manager could probably become independently wealthy by just having the not dead yet t-shirt really you can't believe how many people have wanted one <laughs> so, she, she needs to get it out there well she she's she's over there probably pulling her hair out because she's she's so <laughs> no i'm just kidding no, i'm just oh, saying, having to deal with me probably i, I don't kidding. see that but she doesn't let me see that but, <laughs> but at least but you sure got some happens. you got somebody there though that helps you out and uh keeps you in line that's good i need somebody like that well you know i tell you it's really a blessing uh to have a wonderful manager like Leslie and I have a wonderful partner of four, as he likes to describe it 14 long years <laughs> his, his name is Dale Panay and he's a, a singer songwriter and a guitar player and he's been accompanying me uh he's the one who probably has to would really like to pull his hair out but he uh and I are he, he travels with me all the time and then we have um our bass player uh we have two bass players and they're both great. One of them is Bill Lehman from the, I bet you know the new writers of the Purple Sage. You, oh, yeah. They, they did a lot of touring with the great, Grateful Dead and people like that. Mm -hmm, well, mm -hmm. our our uh, bass player, Bill Lehman, uh, is often with us. And then we have, you know, I have a band that I worked with, honestly, uh, off and on for 33 years. Now I work with them occasionally, but they're down in California, but we love, still love each other. They're like brothers to me. So we have, uh, we do all kinds of things. Awesome. Um, well, but we can always use a utility guy that can play everything. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like I said, I don't like to, you know, to, to give plugs, you know, to myself, but <laughs> I, I can do not. That's, I read I'm your bio. I went, I went. I need this guy. <laughs> you know, there's a band and the guy, the guy that plays. You know, everything. That would be you. Oh, well, you know, I'm just saying. Uh, you know, you you secretly, you know, you interview people and you secretly hope they go. You know, I'm going to consider <laughs> this guy one day. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to just, you know, say it. But I, I'm I might hint around every now and then. No, but that honestly. <laughs> But that is cool. That would be cool. Every time I talk to somebody, I'm like, man, I could picture myself. Maybe we could jam or something. I've had a few offers, so you never know. Well, I'll tell you what, Eddie Dale, your Eddie Dale would jam with you in a hot minute. You hey, probably I'm, have to do I'm, it by Zoom because he's here and you're there. But I, we'll do it. We'll do it one day. I love playing. I, <laughs> I play anybody. Um, but I do thank you. Like I said, talented. You're so talented. 
great song, great song, right? Well, you've got a ton of songs over the years that are just awesome. And uh, just, it makes you think, your songs make you think, you know, and and, and that's what songwriters do. And, uh, and your singing's great. But songs like this are going to change the world, you know, maybe one listen at a time. And I, but I appreciate you talking to me today. Wow, what a nice thing to say. What a beautiful thing to say. Thank you. And I hope, you know, I hope you're right. I believe I am. All well, right. you have you have a great day. And I'm looking forward to, to seeing you out there, you know, somewhere. And people getting excited about this song. I'll be paying attention. All right. Haas, thank you. Adios. All right. Have a good day. All right. You too. Thank you. To hear more about Lacey J. Dalton, head over to her website, LaceyJDalton.org. And thanks for tuning in, and always remember to keep the music real.